Hello, everybody, and welcome to a compensatory episode of What's on Draft. That's right. We're doing a bonus pick. Uh, we're going to talk a little content um, this week. So, Cameron, you want to introduce what we're doing? Yeah, you know, uh, we got some some bad feedback in the form of my own paranoia about our previous episodes, how we would spend probably 15, 20, sometimes 25 minutes talking about what we watched before we got to our topic. We know that's the bread and butter. Y'all want to hear us get to our big topic. So uh, I suggested that maybe once a month we have just a special episode where we talk about what we've seen. That way we don't feel like we have to squeeze it into 10 minutes. Uh, and likewise, we don't bore somebody with, you know, the, the sixth season of DS9 when they signed up to listen to, you know, greatest baking fails of all time. I don't know. So, so this is the first iteration of that attempt, a special bonus episode where we'll talk about all the content that could be film, movies, books, um, even experiences, dare I say, um, if they're worthy. We don't want to hear about Paul's trip to the park down the street or anything like that. But if, if Paul went to Disney World, maybe we don't what if it was very it. eventful park trip? Okay, yeah, like if you went there and then there was like a, a pop-up concert by Paul McCartney. Yeah, tell us about that. But then that's the experience, not the nah, park. It was, it was just Ringo Starr. Oh, okay. No, no, we'll put that in the bonus bonus, <laughs> the second feed. <laughs> Uh, so this is the first iteration of that. Um, so we're going to go through what we've seen uh, in October and uh, let y'all know if we think it's worth a watch, a read, or an experience. Uh, we have 22 items on the docket, gentlemen. Uh, a robust list. Now, I threw 22 at you. Do you think that was higher than what you thought? Lower than what you thought? Right on, right on, right on par? That's about what I thought we'd be at. Yeah, I thought that, we'd be around that 20. That felt right. I mean, we... You know, typically each of us will mention at least one thing per week. And then a lot of times I know we'll have one of, you know, one or all of us will have a backup thing. Yeah. So if you're looking at like six things a week, then that, yeah, that about evens out for the whole month. Mike, we know that the audio gets off when you don't uh, speak for a long time. You have something to say? I am ready to go. Okay. I, that's all I, we needed. No, I, <laughs> I mentioned to Paul earlier that uh, I had submitted quite a few things. And so uh, I guess between, I probably doubled what one of you submitted because I, I think I had posted 11 items. So I, I don't know that I need to talk about all of them today, but uh, I had watched and or listened to quite a few things this past month. Okay. Y'all ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, and first up, Mike, I think this one's yours, something called Infinite. Why don't you tell us what Infinite is? It is. This is the lowest score on my list. So we, in uh, in compendium fashion here, we have a, a list of movies that we've watched, and we scored things out of 10. And so this one I gave a three. It is the newest Marky Mark movie. And it is an action movie with a ton of CG in it. Basically, the premise is there are certain people that are reborn forever. So they die, live lives, and they remember those past lives. And there are two factions that are warring against each other now of these infinite people. And so Marky Mark finds out he's one of them and remembers his past and is involved with these people. And there's supposed to be an epic battle, but it just, it doesn't play out that way. 
I feel like uh, they could have made probably more movies with this and made it a better story arc, but it, it just kind of went too fast and there was way too much CG and insane action in it. And I watched uh, the movie cliches with Rob Lowe on Netflix. And they talk about how when there's a certain level of CG stuff, there's no longer any risk factor and the audience kind of tunes out and doesn't feel the suspense that they're supposed to. And that's definitely yeah, I you, you kind of cut out right there at the end, but I think we Mike. got the gist. But yeah, I think we got it. The suspense uh, is not there. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this one and uh, was not super. I mean, I'm not the biggest Mark Wahlberg fan in general outside of the other guys, which is a great movie. Uh, but I just remember the scene in the trailer where he's in like an interrogation room and someone's like you're immortal and he's, he just does the most like mark Wahlberg dialogue where he's just like immortal what do you mean immortal just like confused mean? mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. about the concept mm-hmm. of immortality uh so yeah this was not high on my my list of wanting to watch mike yeah. wh- where'd you watch this hbo max okay so. I, haven't, I haven't seen it on there um a new release like recent release or has it been on there for a while i think it came out a month ago okay yeah. came out in either September or October. And, and so I just thought I'd give it a watch since it was freely available on there. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, it's something that you can throw on and not feel too invested in. Like you could be doing chores or something while it's playing. I don't know. There's not, not so much plot line going on that you have to be glued to the screen. Yeah. Uh, I, if you want, I mean, the concept sounds interesting uh, if you like the concept but don't like Mark Wahlberg, I can recommend the book The First 15 Lives of Harry August, which I actually reviewed mm. on our Instagram page. That's a similar concept back when I was still posting the book reviews on the, <laughs> on the page. So it's not that far back because we don't post a lot of content. Just scroll back <laughs> on like the Instagram. Back, yeah. yeah, it's linked below. But yeah, it's similar concept, but pretty good. Okay. Well, interesting. Uh, a very... Uh, sounds like a very non-recommendation, right? Skip it, skip it from Michael on Infinite. Yeah, he just shrugged. <laughs> Doesn't want to tell anybody what to do. He's yeah. a very, he's a very kind of, you know, you do what you need to do. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I got next, Michael. I think this one's yours too. I don't think I've heard of it. Hazley, if I can't have love, I want power. What is that? Halsey. That was my, that was my so, question. I'm sorry, yeah. Halsey. If Halsey. I can't have love, I want power. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me this? That's what that's what you want. You want power, Cameron? No. Okay. Yeah, you you got it, Halsey. <laughs> so this is something I talked about, uh, and I I didn't think I had talked about the actual album after it released, but I was excited about its release because this one was produced with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails. They produced the album, the music for it and Halsey's a, a singer and uh I, I gave it a five it was okay there are some songs that are a lot better than others but uh overall it just didn't do it for me as much as just a straight Nine Inch Nails album would have uh some of the lyrics were not as deep as they could have been and very repetitive 
think this has come up before pre-release, right? Didn't we talk once about you right. were anticipating this? Yes. Yeah. And so I, I didn't think I talked about it after listening to the whole album. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think you had, but I just uh, I think I mentioned at the time. Yeah, I'm familiar with Halsey, but not that familiar. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wasn't um, this one wasn't really on my radar. There is apparently a it's a, a visual album and I'm trying I think it might be on HBO Max, but there's a a video with this album and Madeline tried to watch that. I, I just listened to it on Spotify. So I think the video was actually maybe more frustrating <laughs> to try to sit through than the album. <laughs> there were at least some songs that I, I enjoyed not a big fan can't contribute much here interesting first album i think we've reviewed on the pod so uh that's that's interesting um so what, what was the hard number you gave this i know it's not a movie a five, but a five. gotcha mm-hmm. yeah gotcha. all right well i guess if you're a fan right of the group then maybe give it a listen it's Perhaps. worth a listen just just to see yeah just yeah. to just to yeah. hear what halsey plus nine inch nails sounds like okay uh, I thought it was a movie, so that's why I was like, Hazley? I didn't know it was actually Halsey. <laughs> I didn't know this was an album. So, um, all right, we'll move on here to number uh, number 20. Uh, I think maybe both of y'all have seen this, Paul, maybe uh, months ago, but Raya and the Last Dragon, is this the two of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't submit it this week because it's it had been a while since I watched it. But yes, yeah. I have seen it. So, Mike, so. I think this one's yours, or you just watched it. I did. And I am going to side with Paul's, uh, you know, uh, what he had said about it in the past. I think uh, Aquafina's comic delivery has a very specific flavor. I think the voice just did not fit the animation. The, the mm-hmm. choices they made for the dragon itself. Uh, Madeline made a, a really good observation that it was almost like they planned for it to be a plushie plushy doll uh the mm. dragon looks overly soft and fuzzy and i know that uh dragons from asia have different textures i don't think of them as being scaly like a snake or something but this is the really ultra fuzzy finish and it it looks soft like a plushy doll mm-hmm. uh so aquafina's voice is a little rough a little hoarse and it just didn't jive with me i don't know yeah so i i know you meant like uh the conception of dragons like here in asian countries but i like the way you said asian <laughs> dragons have a different texture because i just pictured it being like well unlike the dragons that we like hold all the time here in the states you know those asian dragons <laughs> yeah I, I don't i'm not a fan of the run of male american dragons you know oh you're telling me you've never held a dragon what not normally oh okay <laughs> i need to i need to get on it I absolutely loved her armadillo-like creature. That was mm-hmm. my favorite concept. Tuck, tuck. The way, yeah, the way that he could roll up into a ball and function as a mono wheel. That mm-hmm. was fun. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it it had a lot of like individually fun things. Um, I just, I think I mentioned this when we talked about it before. It just really felt like, and here's the next thing, and here's the next thing, and here's mm-hmm. the next thing, and not, not yeah, didn't flow very well. Yeah, that can happen. So I've given it a six out of ten. I, I think it's worth yeah. watching, but it's it's not my favorite from Disney or Pixar. 
And Paul, what what would you have given it? Uh, I think like a six or a seven. Um, so I'm in the same ballpark. Gotcha. Okay. Just like Cameron, we'll be watching it anytime soon. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to push these kids' movies until my kid's ready to watch them, and then yeah. I'll watch them. Then you'll have just have to. a big old yeah. back catalog. I'm I'm trying not to watch you know children or even really young adult stuff um, unless I really 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 want to. So. Moving on here, number 19 on the list. Um, another thing I do not recognize, so let me know who this is. Alice in Borderland. What? That's not me. I, I watched this one. What is this? Um, Alice in Borderland is a Japanese show that's on Netflix. And it is uh, skyrocketing up the list currently because it's being recommended uh, after you finish Squid Game, it's recommended oh. as this is a similar show. Um, so I don't know. I, I almost would need to talk about the two together. So I'll say this one was recommended to me. Um, I guess a little, a little spoiler for later for people who were maybe a little disappointed at the ending of Squid Game. As someone was like, this one has a, a better ending. Um, I haven't actually got to the ending to it yet. The concept is there's these three Japanese friends. They're downtown in Tokyo. And then they go into, they're, they're running away from like some cops. They go into a public restroom. And then all of a sudden everyone in Tokyo like disappears and all electronic devices are turned off. Then they see uh, this thing light up that says, if you want to come play the game, you have to come here. And it turns out they're in this abandoned Tokyo and um, you have to, they have a visa that lasts for three days and you have to survive a game to add three extra days to your visa. And if your visa runs out, you get shot by a giant laser from the sky and, and you die. Um, so if you've watched Squid Game, like the games themselves are, can be somewhat similar, um, but it's not nearly as realistically based um, as Squid Game. It's based on a, a manga. And so there's a lot about the setting and things that I liked, uh, but it has that Japanese anime over the topness to it that does not pair well with the Netflix production budget because <laughs> mm. it's got some, some cheesy uh, CGI. Oh, yeah. and, like there's, there's like a scene where it's a montage of stuff and one of the montages includes a guy like punching a tiger that's jumping through the air and so it's like that stuff juxtaposed with really serious drama stuff. And to me, it just does not mesh super well. Um, when it's when it's going strong, it has some moments that hit. But um, I did not, uh, for the overall journey, I did not enjoy it nearly as much as Squid Game. Interesting, even though it's made for somebody who maybe didn't quite enjoy Squid Game. Uh, yeah, I'll say it's really just the, uh, the it, it, it actually came out pre Squid Game. It just mm -hmm. got attention gotcha. because conceptually it shares a lot of similarities. And I was talking in a Facebook group with some other people who had mixed feelings on like the last episode and a half of Squid Game. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, you know, we didn't mention, I guess we should, we should, we should have put it up front. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to put time codes in the description of the episode. So for anyone listening, if you want to know like absolutely nothing about one of the things we're talking about, you can just click and skip to the next thing. I might edit that into the front whenever we go to post this. Yeah, um, that's probably a good idea. But 
Yeah. So it's, you know, someone was like, Hey, you should check this out. I, I like the ending of it better. And I've still, I've still got two episodes to go. So maybe the way the first season wraps up uh, will work really well. And they're filming the second season now. Um, but it's just, it's real different and it makes sense because Japanese television just has a way different vibe than South Korean television and movies. Um, and so I get where it's coming from. I just wish, I feel like if this had been on like Hulu instead of Netflix, it mm. would have been better. Hmm. Interesting. I do remember seeing a trailer for it. The, the concept now that you've talked, explained it, it kind of reminds me of in time with Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little bit. The way <laughs> they have to the re-up. Are yeah. Turned out. yeah, exactly. All right. So soft, lukewarm opinion here on Alice in Borderland. Uh, Paul, for our East Asian listeners, do you know the uh, the Japanese, the original title in Japanese? Uh, I I do not. How is your um, Japanese? Pretty pretty poor. Mm. <laughs> um, so type it in the chat. I can read it for you. Uh, I have to. I don't know. <laughs> Just like type it with. With uh, like authentic just, letters? <laughs> no, just in yeah. The, oh, okay. Well, let me, okay. let me see if I can even. It was a joke, so we don't. Oh, need to, oh, uh, oh, oh, I thought you had it ready. Okay, we don't I, need no, to. Moving that. on. Moving on. <laughs> the whole point of this episode was to limit <laughs> the length of other episodes, and here we are, googling <laughs> things. All right, the next one is up. It's for me, unless one of you guys has, have also seen it. I think I mentioned I was excited about this one. Um, forgive me if I talked about it on one of the episodes, so call me out and I'll stop immediately. I, I forget if I have, but have I talked about the many saints of Newark on the uh, pod? You've talked, you talked about being excited to watch it. Okay. You did not actually get to okay. it. Okay. So of course this is the, um, the feature film, the Sopranos. Go ahead. I am going to take these off and not listen to your review of it i'll give you a little i'll wave my hands when i'm done all right (laughs) so paul just talking straight to you i guess and the listeners the the dozens of listeners out there um so the many in the states of new york is the sopranos prequel now the sopranos might be one of it might be my favorite show of all time um it's definitely like top three um, especially when you take science fiction out of the the realm which i just like as its genre But uh, The Many Saints of Newark, if you're familiar with the Tony Soprano story and and the show, this is a prequel. This is set, um, I think, as far back as like 30 years earlier to like 20 years earlier. So it's when Tony is uh, a young man in his teens um, and he's being mentored by uh, his his nephew, what he calls his nephew, Christopher, in the show, his dad, Dickie Moltisanti, was Tony's mentor. And so it's kind of it's about their relationship. Um, and uh, it goes through kind of this what's happening with the family and the mob and, and Dickie and and Tony's dad is in there and so is his uncle Junior and, and a couple of the other famous kind of mobsters. Um, it, what I liked about it is got a really good cast. John Bernthal, which I'm a huge fan of, plays um, uh, Johnny Johnny Soprano, his, Tony's dad. Corey Stahl plays his uncle, uh, another another great actor. Um, Ray Liotta does a really, really interesting job. He plays twins and they have very different uh, personalities. So it's really interesting. He plays one twin um, uh, and then he plays another twin in different scenes. And so he he does a really cool job with that. Um, uh, What's her name? Vera Farmiga uh, plays Tony's mom. And she does a a great job of 
quasi doing an impression of I forget the actress who played his mom in the in the show, just a real character of that performance. So real cool to see that the, the actors try to do a nuanced version of a character that's already existed on screen. The story itself was it felt a little bit like somebody who writes TV shows wrote the story a little bit. And that's kind of the case when you try to go TV to movie. Um, so it kind of felt a little bit like a, a meandering story plot, like something like you would do in, in a TV show where you can pick up a storyline later or flesh it out later. And, uh, and so I felt like at one time, at one point they're trying to cram a lot into the movie and at another point, they're leaving a lot of meat on the bone that they're just not getting to. Um, and, uh, and, and I think they were trying to work on a dynamic between Tony and Dickie. But at the same time, they were trying to create like a rising action and a conflict. It's hard to do that when you're just trying to flesh out a, two people's relationship with each other. And, uh, and it didn't really quite land for me. I would just close it out by saying, if you love or like The Sopranos, it's a must watch just to kind of get another glimpse into the universe. If you don't, if you aren't familiar with The Sopranos, I really don't think you're going to get anything out of it. The only exception would be is you're really, if you're really interested in seeing John Bernthal, Corey Stahl, um, or any, any of the other actors that you see on the, on, the, on the cast list there. They do a pretty good job with what they're working with. So it was nice to see those those people on screen, I think, uh, and Mike is back on his headphones. So I'm not going to finish with that spoiler. Everybody, you're just going to have to wait and, uh, and see it. So that's you my impression. 75% of the plot. It was, it was tough. It was tough, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think I'd give it a six. Um, I'd, I'd like to rewatch it just to see if I pick up anything else, but, um, but uh, not not bad. If you like The Sopranos, you got to watch it. If you don't, I'd say skip it. To be honest, yeah, so. yeah. I I uh, I have not watched The Sopranos actually, um, so this one was not on my radar. But that sounds similar to the opinion I've the pretty widespread opinion I've seen. Right, it's kind of like okay, um, you know, some some parts it's like, you know, why why was this sort of necessary to revisit, but I enjoy being back in the universe. Mm -hmm. And the one consistent point of praise I think I've seen is uh, Michael Gandolfini. Um, oh, portrayal of his, you're of right. his dad. I didn't say that. Right. So don't, James Gandolfini, of course, deceased. Now his son, his, his real life son, Michael Gandolfini plays young Tony Soprano and he does a great job. It helps mm. that he looks like his dad that helps, but you know, even Michael James Gandolfini was doing a character. So it wasn't like that's how James Gandolfini behaved. And Michael was able to kind of tap into that character really, really well. And, and you really feel for the kid. You really do. This is pre-Tony, the, the mob boss soprano. So this is not like he's not like a bully. He's not like going out there, um, you know, breaking the law and, and hurting people. And it's, mm. it's kind of you can kind of see a glimpse it, it does kind of frame the Tony from the show. You can tell at, at some point, you know, Tony is just really a, a, a soul looking for feeling, you know, completed and feeling like needed and feeling like he's impactful. And you, you can see that with Michael's portrayal as, as a teen. Um, so that's a good, that's a good call out. That was, it was really surprising that, uh, that he did really well. I think the other thing I would call out is that the lead who plays Dickie Moltisanti is Alessandro Nivola. 
which I didn't recognize his name at all. But I was like, this guy looks familiar. And so I did some Googling. He was one of the main guys from Jurassic Park 3. That's <laughs> literally all I know him from. But that was like 20 years ago. And, and sure enough, it was him. So huh, um, interesting. Yeah. And uh, Michael, you're back. You're back. You're back and you froze <laughs> as soon as he got He's back. just shocked to be back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Mike? Oh. There you go. There he is. Now he's back. I've I've got a fun I've got a fun game here. So I had it on mute. I wasn't listening through my headphones. I want to guess your opinions based on just your facial expressions and your gesturing. <laughs> okay. So from what I saw, it looks like the storytelling was not nearly as strong as the show, and there were a couple of main things that you were dissatisfied about. It's a pretty vague answer. <laughs> I'll say you're just doing a lot of wishy-washy mo- movements with your hands. And uh, there were a couple main things that you kept counting off. <laughs> I, I think the main thing is uh, I can't believe they made Tony Soprano a clone of Emperor Palpatine. Uh, you that know, was a bold I, choice. Yeah, there oh, was a there's... lot of lens flare on that on the last 30 minutes during that action <laughs> scene. That's all I got to say. Well, that's better than going to black, right? right. Uh, Mike, so uh, you're a Sopranos fan? No, I've not watched any of it. And, oh. and I really don't know anything about it. But I do like mafia style movies and things. And so I, I do intend to watch it. I just haven't. Can I offer you any advice? Sh- sure. As long I, as it's vague. I, I really think you would you would get something out of the movie if you've seen the show, at least some of it. And I really don't think you'll get much out of it if you don't. See, the movie, you mean? Yeah. The movie. Yeah, yeah. So watch the show first. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Moving on. I think this one's in all all three of us. Uh, so <gasps> I'm pretty Whoa. sure we, we've all seen this. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions. Star Wars War, Star Wars Visions, the uh, the Legends, the first Legends content that they released. That, of course, meaning that it, it story does not apply to what they call the official canonical Star Wars mm-hmm. story. Um, so I believe this is a, a, a vignette of eight or nine um, anime Star Wars stories um, by different uh, anime production companies, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mike, I know you're a huge anime guy, so why don't you, why don't you start this off? I'm, I'm actually not... I, I like animation, but I'm not the biggest anime specifically. I, I, that's not my favorite cartoon style by any means. Well, you may not be big in anime, but you are big of making me look like a fool live on the air so <laughs> appreciate that michael you're somewhat familiar with anime so why don't i grew start up watching cartoons okay yeah okay so uh, you had mentioned a specific episode earlier on the pod the ninth jedi yes and that is by far my favorite story arc in this series yeah it was produced by production ig and I feel like that one had the, the strongest storytelling. The animation was okay. That one was pretty good. That was probably the best episode for me. There were some that had really strong visuals. I loved some of the visuals in Twins, uh, the Twins episode, but I did not like the storytelling in that one or some of the things mm-hmm. that they could do mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Um, overall, 
I actually didn't score the series super high just because some of the story arcs were not that interesting to me mm-hmm. and, and very different from Star Wars content, which may have been the point of, of giving it over to mm-hmm. uh, anime studios to see what they do with it. But I feel like there's, there's a lot that George Lucas based on Japanese design and culture in Star Wars. So it was weird to see a take on it that was so different from his view of like Darth Vader's design is based on Shogun, you know, mm-hmm. or samurai mm-hmm. helmet and things. I, I don't know. Yeah. I had a, um, I mean, I, I felt I was very up and down on a lot of the episodes, but I do think yeah. the ones that I enjoyed, I, I did enjoy a lot. And I, we all, we all have mentioned, I don't remember if we did it on the show. We mentioned in our text thread that we all like the ninth Jedi Mm-hmm. I would watch a feature length film of that. Like it was mm-hmm. uh, the, the plot was interesting. The action was good. The characters were good. It had the best uh, like quirk. you know, Star Wars always has like a quirky character, like the Porgs or the Ewoks or something. And the pilot droids that are like getting drunk yeah. and smoking on the dock. Like those were my favorite, like side characters in all yeah. the visions. I love those guys. Um, so I would, uh, I would definitely watch like a feature length of that story. Yeah. And I liked the, the very first one, I think, and I think we mentioned this before the animation style was a little weird, but I thought it, I liked the vibe and the action in that one. Um, so yeah, I, I was, a I was a fan. Uh, one, one thing I did enjoy doing though, I didn't look at the cast list at all. And so I was watching the, you know, the English dubbed version and they have a lot of big names on the cast. So I liked uh, trying to guess who was doing the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you on the twins episode, did you catch who the two twins were? I don't even remember. No, uh, that was uh, Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> and um, Allison uh, Brady. Yeah, Allison Brie. I was blanking mm. on her name there. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Brie. Uh, and Neil was doing some good like anime voiceover acting. I think you can tell he's probably yeah. an anime fan because he uh, he had the stereotypical anime voice. But uh, overall, that one was <laughs> a little over the top <laughs> for me. Uh, some of the stuff they were doing. Yeah, you're right. I got uh, it's like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh-huh. Bobby Moynihan were in the Tatooine Rhapsody one. Yep. Which yeah. I actually thought was kind of cute. Uh, like not from like a, this is very Star Warsy, but it was kind of like just like a, a cute yeah, cartoon. It was it was fun. Um which one was that? The, the, the band the, one. The band. The oh, one. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's always cool yeah. to see a hut play bass in a band. Yeah. It just it just <laughs> seems right, feels right. Um, so yeah, I I I I'm not gonna spend too much time echoing there. I, I think if Disney was a little more ballsy. Um, or if another company got a hold of Star Wars, it's it's risky, but you can start a whole new trilogy with the first episode being the Ninth Jedi. I mean, it's just set up to be a, a long story mm-hmm. form. Um, so, uh, but uh, I did I did enjoy it. I thought it was just a, a good watch. I wouldn't mind if they did similar content like this again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, there were individual episodes that I wasn't a huge fan of, but overall it's definitely worth a watch and worth your time because they're so short. It goes by right. so fast. Yeah. Each one is like eight or nine minutes. So sometimes or is a little that bit all? longer. Well, like okay. maybe, maybe more like 15, but they they are pretty, 
once you add in like the credits and stuff, mm-hmm. they are pretty, pretty short, but especially because it's non-canonical, right? Like mm-hmm. just throw mm-hmm. stuff at the wall and let it stick. Um, yeah. Like I, I, you know, Marvel has the what if stuff coming out. And I think uh-huh. uh, it's actually, I, I've only watched the first episode of it. So I didn't even put it on the list, but I thought it was going to be like, let's just do some fun stuff. But uh, my understanding is it might actually be tied into the universe a little more directly via the multiverse uh-huh. stuff. So uh-huh. um, that that could be interesting, but I'm a little sad that it's not going to be like, you know, I'd be fine with it just being here's some wacky stuff that we, we can't make a movie out of it, but might as well make a show out of it kind of thing. So spoilers, that is on the docket tonight. Okay coming up so yeah uh, we'll, we'll hear more about it so all right well uh our our uh, our, our host code the here. list yeah our host <laughs> of the list has uh, left um so our options are to either be silent so we can just cut it all out or talk some more about star wars visions um the i tat- the tatooine story and I, I'm cutting this, but it reminded me, I don't know if it was the animation style or just the characters in it, but there was a, a Japanese and French animation, like it was cooperatively made. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works exactly, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. it was called Oban Star Racers. And huh. it had kind of a similar feel to that episode. I'm I'm looking at the uh, um the the IMDb ratings per episode. Uh, the Ninth Jedi is on the top. Uh, the Tatooine Rhapsody is on the bottom by a lot. People people oh, yeah. did not like that, and it's the most different. So I can understand why, but. I like it a, a lot better than the twins and some of the other ones. The duel is the second one. It, it, it felt a lot more like Scott Pilgrim or something. Yeah. And plot wise, not as much happened as in some of the others. Uh, the village bride is a, got a pretty good rating too. I like that one a lot. It had, I thought it had good like environmental storytelling going on. in it. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So all right. All right. We've just I'm been back. filling time, Cameron. No, that, that's good. I, I had somebody drop in off a car uh, that I had some work done on. So um, I'll, slip, I'll slide that in right here. Um, car. How's my car doing? I'll give it a six. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving, moving on. I, you know, I think from here on in, we're looking at, you know, you know, sixes and sevens. Uh, so uh, this may not be in a particular order, which means we could have like three sevens in a row. It doesn't mean like this one's ranked above the other but uh mine's listed next i don't think uh, this is from anybody else i binged a eight episode netflix well i don't know if it's originally from netflix but it's on netflix and it may be original but it's called the sinner have either of you heard of the sinner netflix show it's it's got jessica jessica beale jessica beale is in season one yeah so i've heard of it i think it was on amc or, or usa one of those uh, stations i think usa um, now that you say it, it was usa yes which is surprising i didn't know they kind of got their content so the center um the, it, it, it headlined by bill pullman 
right? So famous mm, as okay. the president from Independence Day, but you've probably seen him in various other things. Sleepless see, see in Seattle. I don't know what else. Um, it is probably, I would say it's a slightly lighter version of True Detective. Slightly. A little bit lighter. It's pretty dark. It is pretty dark. Um, he's the lead detective, just like in true i'm sorry he's the lead detective in the center just like true detective he has his own demons which plays a big role in the series as it is in his personal life um but apparently i've only seen the first season my, my wife has seen all three um each season is a particular crime i think the only difference with true detective is that he is the, he's the main detective in all of them but each season is a is a crime which i kind of like that format ex- experiencing that especially mm-hmm. if, you, if you like the 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 cast um so it was really good it was the same kind of murder how did it happen who did it nothing about this adds up he's trying to find clues he goes down one you know path and then it's a twist and it's like no it turns out it's this and it's like going back and forth so it's captivating at the very least um i don't think the payoff was quite there uh, I didn't feel as as rewarded at the end by the 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 ending, um, but it was emotional. It was dark at times, which I enjoy that in a in a crime show. So uh, I think if you like crime shows, dark gritty crime shows, if you're a fan of True Detective and the like, I would definitely recommend giving it a shot. Um, I think it's tough to see Bill Pullman in a show because he's such an american looking like an americana nice guy good smile his voice even sounds pretty good he just seems like oh Mm -hmm. that's somebody's you know dad from the 50s you know i I don't know so it's hard it's hard to see him in like a a more gritty role um but but it was good jessica beale was really good she really was i'm not a huge beale fan but uh she definitely did uh did a great job on this one so like I said, if, if you like gritty crime, dark crime, uh, true detective, I, I would give this a, a watch. It, it's worth it. You might, you might love it. Um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't uh, heard of it, but I like crime dramas like this. So I, it, it'll definitely uh, probably cycle onto my list to try and watch sometime soon. It helps that, uh, you know, I like the elongated story, long story form in, in, in mm-hmm. the, the, you know, episodic, uh, but, but finite. Right. So it's eight episodes a season. So it's kind of like watch you watch, right. you say, Hey, let me get two or three to figure out what it's like. And then you're like, okay, if I want to finish it, it's just another five episodes. It's not like you got to dedicate, you know, a month to it or anything. So I, I, I did it in two days. Essentially. Hmm, okay. you know, they're, they're 45, 50 minutes a piece. So, you know, you watch three or four. So anyway, um, moving right along here. Um, this might be both of y'all. I haven't seen it. We're talking about Black Widow, Marvel's Black Widow, released mm-hmm. in theaters, also released on HBO Max, I believe. Disney and, Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. I'm sure. Yep. I'm sorry, Disney Plus. Um, so who, whose is this? Is this both of y'all? Is this Michael? Uh, yeah, I watched it. Okay. So both of us. Cool. Take take it away, Mike. You want to kick it off? Oh, well, it, lukewarm reception for me. Uh, I, I thought it was, it, it had a, quite a bit of comedy in it. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the lines that uh, David Harbour had and, and Florence Pugh's character, Yelena. Uh, they were pretty funny, pretty quippy. But 
I think that had they focused more on them being spies and having a little bit more realistic action, I would have been more captivated. Like if they had shown her being the super spy that she was and doing stuff like Jason Bourne action sequences, I think it would have been more successful for me. But the end sequence is just way over the top. And I know she's an Avenger, but again, with all the CG crap, the suspense just really wasn't there for me. Mm. Yeah, I um, I liked it. I liked it, I guess, a little bit more than you. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, and I just, you know, I, I feel like, uh, especially in some of the central parts, um, you know, the... Uh, I guess sort of the pre-finale, so the big fight scene right before the the one you're talking about, the really CGI heavy one, mm-hmm. where she's kind of up against a room full of people. I thought that one was was pretty fun, and that one was well done. And um, they had some action scenes in it that were a little bit more grounded. The chase through the the city was was a little bit more grounded at parts, and I, I liked the quipping, like when they're in the car chase and things like that. Um, I just don't think you can do a Marvel movie without the big, you know, the, the reception from people who go to an MCU movie would be lower if it was a more pared down finale. So I, I think they've just hit the point in the formula where you just got to kind of know that's coming from a, from a Marvel film. So it was, uh, it was definitely over the top. I'd say the last, like the very, very final action bit um Mm -hmm. was definitely like a let's let's do a spectacle for the big screen kind of thing and so i might have enjoyed that part more if i had been seeing it in theaters and not at home that's a good Um, point but i my you know my biggest issue and that this isn't actually marvel's fault um it's sort of marvel's fault uh you know i think they made the movie too late um there should have been a black Mm -hmm. widow focused movie before when they made it And then double the fact that they had to delay it for COVID makes it really late. Like if this movie had come out directly after Infinity War, even as like a flashback, it would be similar to like Ant-Man, right? Like Ant-Man and the Wasp was after Infinity War, but set prior to Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Um, If this had been a similar thing, um, Although it's, I think it's actually set after Infinity War itself, right? Or is it? Um, uh, I'm trying to remember what it, where. What is? Black Widow. Oh, I'm it's trying set to remember after where, Infinity War? I'm trying to remember where it fits in the timeline. No, I think it might be just pre. That's it. It's just pre Infinity War. Yeah. So it's right. it's after Civil War, pre Infinity War. Yeah. Right. So if this movie had come out a little bit closer to when it's supposed to be set, um, it would have been. I think even more successful as it is. You're like, we've seen Endgame, so you know you know what's kind of happening, and you know how they're going to have to fit the ending into the Endgame story. Um, and so that not, I mean, not that there's a lot of, you know, you don't go into a Marvel movie expecting the title character to die. Like that's just not what the MCU is for. So there's not that kind of drama. The drama is like with other characters and things like that. But um, it could have been a little more dramatic had they done it and more impactful had they done it at the right time. They just, they just waited a little bit too long for it. But 
Um, you know, it, it felt a lot more like Winter Soldier to me, which is one of my favorite MCU movies. And so I had a good time watching it. Um, I would put it not as the best Marvel movie, but I would put it like above, you know, kind of the mid tier for me. Mm. I'm kind of a completionist and I really, I think I got about 95% of the Marvel movies done. I haven't seen Ant-Man 2. I haven't seen the Edward Norton Hulk. Um, <laughs> they, the, one, the one that most it, people don't remember is in if the... You, right, yeah, if, you want, if you want some good laughs. Okay. Uh, so the, I, I kind of want to see this one, but uh, it, it, I, I kind of had the same fears that I think uh, you're both voicing. Um, so what uh what would y'all give it just out of curiosity what how did we get it on this list at this spot i I gave it a seven i had it a six okay good old six and a half all right moving right along here um mike i think this was yours i'm really interested i've partially completed this so i want to hear your thoughts unless it's paul it could be paul too i don't know who has seen star trek discovery season three I, I have seen no goal. seasons of Star Trek Discovery. So <laughs> you, have, you, have not not discovered it. you have not discovered it. I have not. Uh, all right, Mike. Um, season three, probably tough because, you know, based on the first couple episodes, there are spoilers, but I guess just vague impressions. Yeah, I don't want to give really much away at all, but mm-hmm. uh, season two ends with a huge jump and uh, kind of takes us, we're like, oh, what's going to happen to the main character? Well, things work out. <laughs> but uh, there is a time where they are apart, the crew and the main character. And so we get to see some development on both sides. Mm-hmm. And they diverge a little bit, but then they, they come back together and kind of see what time away from Starfleet can do for someone kind of changes, especially when someone's already used to going rogue time away from Starfleet. <laughs> might not be So that uh, we also get to see more of uh, George O's character explored the, Good. I like the mirror, the mirror George yeah. O. Yeah. What do they call the Terrans? Terrans. Terrans. Yeah. Terran Georgia. So, yeah, I love Michelle Yeoh's character. It's awesome. So yeah. glad glad to see more of her. Uh, they do some neat things with with her storyline that I, I don't think they've used this particular character slash scenario in any of the other Star Treks. So you'll have to watch it and, and let me know. Uh, but I think it's new to the Star Trek universe what what they do with this character. Okay. So, I, 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 I'm about four episodes in before I can't, I, I stopped. Um, so I, I think I'm going to wait for Picard season two. Um, and then okay. I'll do another 30 day <laughs> trial uh, and knock, mm-hmm. them, knock them both out. So I enjoyed it. It's strong. I feel like the first couple seasons uh, I, I rated just a little bit higher. I think I've got this one at a seven. The other ones are probably eights, in my yeah. opinion. I really love the story with the Klingons. Yeah, I, season one I thought was was great. I I, I really yes. I really love season one. Season two was good, but I, I it took a lot of leaps. 
mm-hmm. that uh, I wasn't a, a big fan of. You know, you had to really just believe and buy into what they were pitching you really fast. It yeah. wasn't time to really think, does this make sense? Um, mm-hmm. So I still don't know if it does. Yeah, that's fair. So this one, it's not like, it's not like anything too crazy is, is introduced yeah. technology wise or anything. They're, they're just kind of flowing with what they've already put in place with the other couple seasons. Cool. All right. Well, good to know for those uh, Trekkies out there. We know you're out there because we have uh, downloads on our Star Trek episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. All right. Moving right along. I think this one's the two of you. Uh, Marvel's What If. We actually were uh, mentioned this briefly while you were uh, off mic. Um, I, I have watched the first episode and that's it. So this is predominantly Mike. Okay. So this one, I, we had to watch weekly. Uh, I didn't want spoilers. I feel like everyone on TikTok talks about it. So Madeline didn't want to see any spoilers. Uh, I had to keep up with it. Uh, I, I asked my class if they had the most recent episode. Hold on. We lost like that entire sentence. You, you buffered. If it was which, important, say it again. Which one? We, we heard you say, I feel like there was a lot of talk on TikTok, and then we lost the rest of that thought. Oh, my gosh. I'd talk for like a full minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, if it was important, say it again. <laughs> if not, we could move right along. <laughs> TikTok covers what if heavily, and Madeline didn't want to encounter it there. So, we were trying to keep up with episodes. Also, students were keeping up with it. One time I asked, my class, I said, have you been watching What If? And have you seen the latest episode? Well, a kid's like, yeah, I saw this one. And it was the day of. So they released it at midnight. And mm-hmm. so he had already watched it. <laughs> I don't know if he watched it at school or what. But uh, I was like, no, I haven't seen that one yet. Are you crazy? So uh, we kind of had to keep up with it in order to keep from having things spoiled. Now, what Paul was saying earlier, they do explore some fun things. There are some really goofy episodes of What If that I don't think factor in. They are just kind of one-offs. But uh, I really enjoyed episode four, and it's called What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? That was a really strong episode. And then I loved the last two episodes uh, what if Ultron won? And then what if the Watcher broke his oath? Those two were really exciting and they, they covered a lot of ground in those in a short time. And those are the, it, it really is going to factor into the movies that are coming out. Yeah. yeah I, so I've only watched the first episode and uh, I've, from what I have read on reviews, it actually gets a lot better after the first episode. Mm-hmm. I thought the mm-hmm. first episode was pretty weak. It, it, like it did not grip me. It, it, uh-huh. I think it was just like stylistically they condensed. So the first one is what if uh, Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum instead mm-hmm. of Steve Rogers. And uh, I felt like they condensed the story arc into such a small time period for that episode that it almost felt montage like them going through everything so it was a little hard for me to get into 
but it sounds like you're echoing what I've heard elsewhere that especially after the first episode, it gets more compelling. Now, what you're saying though, holds true. They are very fast moving and it yeah. is all montage uh, I like you were saying about visions, how they're 15 minutes or so. I feel like that's kind of the what if style formula too. They're, yeah. they're fast. Yeah. It's just, you know, visions is uh, they're telling almost like a, uh, there's some that pack in a lot of storytelling, but they're generally relying more on sort of motif than like mm-hmm. plot. Okay. And what if is going through a lot of plot from the, the first episode I watched, it was like, Peggy did this and this and this and then this happened and this, you know. Um, they, yeah, they really do kind of simulate the movies in montage fashion. Montage. Okay. Because they're essentially substituting characters mm-hmm. and then going through a whole movie plot line right. in that span of time. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to keep watching and see. Maybe I'll Maybe I'll get a little more used to it. And I, you know, part of the issue too is we, so Elena and I watched it together um, and she mm-hmm. has watched most of the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. but um, she's just not as into it. So she's not going to, you know, like I, I listen to podcasts that like cover Marvel stuff. And so like I hear stuff about the universe more frequently, which means I just have better recall of the earlier movies mm-hmm. than she does. And so for this one being from the first Avenger, um, there was a lot of times where she particularly was like, I don't remember like what happened like was this in the first movie and you mm-hmm. know and so i think um if you're uh, for like her like she really did enjoy it i think because of that you know like she's trying to recall the movie and then pick out what's different and it's it's moving so fast on top of that that if you're not super familiar you know i almost might have enjoyed it more if i had like watched the first avenger and then watched the what if episode um so maybe especially as it gets to the more recent movies I'll, I'll pick it up and follow it a little bit quicker. That, that actually would not be a bad strategy. Look at the title, see who the main character is, and then watch their movie before the what if episode, because that, that could be fun to compare them right back to back. Yeah. It's a lot of time commitment. (laughs) Well, definitely the Marvel MCU. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. All right, moving right along here. Um, I've seen a little bit of this, but again, I don't think it's mine. So, um, Paul, I guess this is yours, Mike, unless you've also watched Only Murders in the Building. Hulu I've original not seen show. this one yet. All right, no. so it looks like it'll be Paul. Paul, I take it this means you finished the season. I did. I finished season one. Um, and we we talked about this. I think I think we talked about it on pod a little bit. So I won't get I, I won't get much deeper into it um i wish i remembered what episode we brought it up or i'd, I'd go back but or I'd, I'd reference it but um I'll, I'll just say that i thought the first season concluded very strongly um they're clearly setting up they they have set up a season two with the ending of the first one um and we did uh, as soon as we finished watching the finale we went back and watched the first half of the first episode again and they did a, a really they did an interesting job setting up the finale in episode one oh, where if you go back and watch episode one again you're like oh there's actually a lot of stuff in here okay that um they had and and i, I read an interview with the creator and actually a lot of that wasn't pre-planned like a lot of that mm. they actually made up as they went 
Um, they had an idea that they wanted a twist. And I think they had two or three people in mind to be the murderer, but they didn't pick it until the end. And they actually filmed after, even after they wrote the ending, they filmed alternate endings because they were afraid somebody would leak footage from the set. So they filmed it as if like everyone on the show was the murderer. They just kept filming people getting arrested so that if anything leaked, they could leak all the photos and then no one would know ultimately who the the murderer was um but i hope i hope it was sting well we'll see he's a he's a suspect he's out there um but the uh i'll say the there's there's a couple really interesting episodes there's one episode that's told almost entirely in american sign language that was really cool um, from the perspective of the uh, deaf character in the show and the final episode Steve Martin gets to do a lot of physical comedy and he still got it. Like it's just as good as the old Steve Martin stuff. So the last episode, it wraps up really well, but is really funny. It's probably the funniest episode of the season. Martin short and and Steve Martin, both and Selena, even in that final episode, um, get a lot of good comedy bits. Uh, but Steve in particular is, does some very physical, like, pratfall kind of comedy and it's it's good classic steve martin stuff so i enjoyed that a lot but yeah i i'd strongly recommend it um you know it's it's not like the best show ever but it is consistently enjoyable to watch okay i i i've watched the first three i think and i like it i like it i i actually really like it's um the it's color palette it's kind of dark Mm -hmm. uh uh semi-lit kind of um traditional housing i love those apartments I, I read an article about what those apartments probably cost i mean millions and millions of dollars of course um, oh yeah um, as big as they are i know they're for huge. like new york yeah yeah and tall too i mean big big lofty ceilings so um yeah i'm interested uh, you've kind of you've kind of kind of pulled me back into maybe picking up and watching it again uh, i think what i got I, I forgot how great martin short is uh, oh he's very good show. yeah um, I started watching some Jiminy Glick uh, <laughs> episodes on YouTube, uh, just hilarious stuff. Yeah. So I, I forget how, how, how great he is as a, and, as a comedic yeah. person. And he and Steve produced the show. And so I feel like they, you know, I could see them making several seasons of it because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the motivation was, um, I think from what I read, Steve Martin kind of came up with the concept and pitched it and then martin short came on board and uh you know obviously the two of them have a long history and i i feel like they were like you know we have the money why don't we just produce a show where we can act together and also hang out together yeah and so i could see them making several seasons just because they probably have fun doing it kind of like this podcast (laughs) yeah Yes. Why don't we just do something so we can hang out? Yep. Uh, uh, I think what you're saying is that the three of us are the uh, the Martin Short, Steve Martin, I guess Chevy Chase of podcasting, the three amigos. No, w- one of us is Selena Gomez. I don't know who. <laughs> is that we'll leave that up to the audience. Right, right in. Send us. Yeah, that, that'll one be the us? poll on this week's episode. Which who is <laughs> Selena Gomez? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's, uh, let's move right along here. Uh, keep it in a good pace. I think that's good. Okay. We've come to it. Uh, international sensation. Uh, have you, we've, we've all seen squid game, I assume. 
Michael, I've not watched it at all. You haven't watched Squid Game at all. No. Wow. Okay. wow. I, I don't intend to either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just give off this vibe <laughs> decades before you should. But <laughs> I haven't watched it. What's I don't that? To. <laughs> I think he's saying it's very. Very old man vibe. It's very very old man vibe. It's just kind of like like I I don't. It, there's nothing about it that I guess you know. Me and you are just we're very different. Uh, we, I, I don't I don't think the audience is surprised about that at all. Someone some might say that you're a Martin Short character, and others might say I'm a Selena Gomez. So, <laughs> hey, I'm all for that that comparison. I got no problem with that. Uh, no, Selena um, Gomez would definitely watch Squid Game. <laughs> So you're wrong there. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. No, it's just more that like, I, I don't know if something takes over the culture, I will, mm-hmm. I will say, okay, I, I got to know it just to experience it for however, yeah. why ever else it's out there. Um, you know, so I, I guess I'm the guy that if there's some new, um, I don't know if there's something new that everybody's talking about, I'm just like, I got to see what's going on. And so that's kind of why I watched it. So mm-hmm. This okay. this one in particular like took over the online like social media space. Like uh, I yeah, watched like, it because I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I can't go more than five minutes without seeing a reference to this. So I'm just gonna, I need, I guess I need to watch it to see what the heck's yeah. going on. Yeah, I mean, news news outlets were covering it. It made it to NPR. They were discussing it. I think that. I know it was released through Netflix, but they have some sort of form formula for valuation of properties as well. Mm-hmm. And this was, I think a billion dollar release for them. So huge, huge for a Netflix uh, release. Last I saw, and this was a couple of weeks ago, so it's gone, probably gone up, but it had, it hit at least 119 million views which makes it not just the, you know, at first, like the first day it became the highest grossing international film for Netflix or non-US film. And they were pretty excited about that. And, and then within a couple of days after that, it became the most watched thing ever on Netflix. It, it surpassed um, Bridgerton as the most watched thing. So it's, huh. yeah, it's the biggest thing Netflix has ever had. So again, the, the virality of things is so, it's fun to watch that, just how fast things spread. Cause this mm-hmm. is word of mouth. It wasn't, it wasn't an advertising campaign on Netflix. Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah. I saw nothing from Netflix. I just, social yeah. media did it all. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I will explain my stodgy old man response to it. So I heard that it was very gory and that just kind of turned me off. It, 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 there's a lot of blood in it, but it's a lot more like old school, like blood pack kind of blood. It's, it's not like a saw movie kind of gore. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make you cringe. There's no, death, it, it doesn't like death. revel in it. Yeah. Like people die, but it's not like, I, I would, Paul, I would say they're not really gruesome deaths. No, I wouldn't say it's gory. It's more like a John Wick level you know like action movie level body count it's really like about yeah. body count is really what it is hmm. um <laughs> i want to screenshot that right the mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know and then and, and send it out to the listeners and say best caption wins a free you know guest appearance a free mug. <laughs> a 
free mug. You get this mug. All right, Paul. Let's get let's get into it. We yeah. won't get we won't go too far. So of course, international sensation, Squid Game. Um, uh, you know, coincidentally, I was starting to watch some South Korean stuff over the past mm-hmm. couple months. Um, so I kind of it's felt like, oh, I, yeah, I, I would have probably w- watched this regardless. Um, but the premise is really good. I, I love that. Uh, I, Michael has removed his headphones, so maybe um, we maybe we maybe we've uh, pitched him on it on watching it if he's taking the spoiler. Hey, that's a good point because at yeah. the beginning he said he'll never watch it, and now, and now this guy in, right yeah. here, that guy. Okay, um, so I, I don't know about you, I like the present. Oh, he's uh, coming the, back. We're just wondering if we've swayed you to watching it. So because you took your headphones spoiler off. headphones off, and you said you 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 don't plan to watch it. Oh, that's a good <laughs> point. Yeah. Having second thoughts. All right, look, Mike. Yeah. We're not we're not going to say anything up top that is a spoiler. But Cameron, since you've seen it, and Mike, if you want to take your headphones off, I'd like to. Give give a pause so our listeners can jump ahead if they don't want to hear it. When we after we've discussed it generally, I'd like to say why I disliked the ending. Okay. So we'll now have to spoil it to do that. No, let's talk generally okay. first. Okay. Then... So I, I, I like the premise. Uh, I thought the acting was fine. Um, I wasn't a fan of the uh, detective uh, personally. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't like what he's doing there, but I love the the characters, the little groups in the, the game. Um, mm-hmm. I love how they got out and they go back in. It kind of, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. An aspect of real realistic humanity there of, you know, you, you, you get out, but you can't, you can't, you're stuck in the system. You got to go back in to do it. So that was really interesting. I thought there should have been more games. I would have, you know, based on how many episodes there were, mm-hmm. I thought there would have been more games. Um, it, not that that was bad, but I, I just was looking for more games before we knew it. We were down to three people and I was like, what, right. What it is does going on the, the amount of people. If you think about it from the concept of the people watching the games, uh it's like you really pare down the number of people's quickly is that yeah. is that fun for the people watching it if it's just like that right? yeah I don't, I, I don't know um so I, yeah yeah i mean I, I thought the main guy acted really well i really liked mm-hmm. his, his whole thing um yeah there there were some storytelling points that i really just didn't get that whole scene at night or everybody goes crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't buy it, but it is what it is. There were a couple of instances like that where I was like, I don't, I don't quite buy that. The, the, the marble thing, I was like, everybody's willingly giving up once they realize they lose, they won't like, just like not hand it over because they're like, yeah. you can't like physically take it. So what, I, I don't know. There's a little, some little things like that. I saw the one guy tricking the other guy coming. Which okay. not to say it wasn't still effective, but I saw it coming. Um, those are just yeah. Some that that one was uh, that one was a little easier to to pick out. Yeah. In the yeah, episode, but, uh, but let's talk about the ending now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's um, give it. I, I, I think there's, there's okay. Let's give it sixty seconds. What do you think? Yeah. Well, there's there's time codes, so listeners, okay. jump if you to don't, the. If you haven't watched Squid Game, you wanna you don't want to hear about the ending. We're just gonna count down from five. You you have that time to go down and click. 
and then we're going to talk about it, right? So five, four, three, two, one. All right, okay, from here on so, out, we just say whatever we want. Okay, so there's two endings, really, right? There's the ending to the game, mm-hmm. and then there's the ending to the show. Oh, Michael, um, we just started talking heavy spoilers. <laughs> heavy spoilers on right now. Heavy well, spoilers. Jim, this, isn't, this isn't a joke. Oh, does heavy he have spoilers. us muted? He might have I guess muted. he does. So okay. the ending to the game, I wasn't a fan of to begin with. The whole dinner thing and the knife yeah. thing. Um, it just, I thought it was being built up for something. I was like, at this point, what are the, like okay. you said, are the people enjoying watching this? This is nothing. Mm. This is nothing. So I wasn't a fan of the game um, at the end, the actual end game. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I know. Uh, that was where, so the ending of the, the second to last episode I, is when it started to go off the rails for me because you have uh, Cybiok, who's been like one of the main characters the whole time. And she's like a strong character. She's the only like central female character who's left. And they basically end her plot line in order to end Song Wu's character arc as well, right? Like her plot line ending really doesn't resolve for her. It's just Song Wu has now crossed a line. Right. And so I hated that they basically wrote this strong character off without a real satisfying conclusion for her arc. Like, it's not like she learned, you know, like her thing was like, she was learning to kind of trust people and things like that. Right. She never really yeah. got yeah. all the way there. So I felt yeah. like that was truncated. And then the final game between Gihun and Song Woo just turns into a punch up. Yeah. And it's like, this whole thing has been like a little bit cerebral. And right. then it just ends in a fist fight. Yeah. You know, and like that was that that part was disappointing. Yep. To me. So that part of the ending. I agree. But I could have lived with that. It was the secondary ending that I really didn't. Which enjoy. is that the old man playing was actually the architect of the game and mm-hmm. the previous games, right? And this game, though, he wanted to participate because he was getting old and dying. Yeah, right? he did so- have a so he had a brain tumor. And that mm-hmm. part was legitimate. He was dying of a brain tumor. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to participate in the game. So if, if I mean, I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this right. point has seen the show, um, which I just, that seemed more like American TV to me and that it seemed like it was a plot twist for the sake of having a plot twist. Yeah. And I felt like it erased a lot of the, emotional beats from earlier in the show um you know like the That's the marbles true. the marble scene the marbles episode is the one that like went the most viral like everyone talked about right. that episode and it's just like retroactively it doesn't mean as much to me to Heard know it. that it was mm-hmm. basically staged by Ilnam. Mm-hmm. um and so that was just i just i didn't like that and gihun did a terrible job after he left of taking care of people right like he won all the money and then he goes a year without spending any money which means he left Cybiok's brother in that orphanage for a year without knowing what happened to his family mm-hmm. and song Wu's mother lost her shop like he could have paid <laughs> off her debt so she didn't lose her shop yeah. and then he concludes it by just dropping a kid off with a suitcase full of cash to an old woman who now has like a street vendor i was like Dude, like the whole thing was they let you live so you could help their families and you just, you felt 
you had survivor's guilt. I get having like PTSD, but help them and right. don't spend it on yourself. Like you, you did. Right. And, and so then, that was so, just... and at the end, right. He, he gets invited to this room, right. Where he finds the old man and the old man mm-hmm. tells him, and I'm trying to remember what, what there wasn't any real explanation. No, he just says they made the games because they were like rich and bored. And that yeah. was it. And like, so it, which it doesn't sound like something that a rich and bored person would then on his deathbed be all like, let me tell the one guy. Right. You know, that we did like, what about all the other winners? Right. Cause they had, they've had volumes and volumes of yeah. games. Right. And then the other, the other trick is that, um, the 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 games master yeah, is the, the previous man. winner who, yeah. who who was the brother of the detective by coincidence but what happened to all the other winners like why is he right. the only one that, and, so and why didn't he pay his rent if he was a previous winner like that was the detective found them because his brother didn't pay his rent and oh, that's, that's how right. he knew his brother was that's missing. right like yeah, dude you want like, all that money pay I, your rent. I thought i thought it was gonna when they kind of tipped that it, it was the previous winner running it mm-hmm. i thought something happens to you psychologically that you're just kind of stuck there right and you have right. to end up staying there but that's that's not what happened you know yeah, I, 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 don't. I don't know so so i'm i'm with you I, captivating uh binge worthy um yeah and that's the thing i does, i loved it up until that point and yeah. it stuck with me. Like, you know, there's, there are scenes I'm still like thinking about. So super well yeah. made up until that point. And then I was just disappointed and they're going to make a season two. It sounds like, but mm. I have bad, like I have a bad feeling about it. Cause the, the guy who made the show, he's been trying to get this made for like a decade or something like that. Like he started a yeah, decade that, pitching yeah. it. And I read an interview with him where he was basically like, I'm exhausted by this. I don't want to make any more, but it's become such an international hit that I feel obligated to the fans to like explain stuff more than I did, even though I think everything's clear, but I guess people want me to explain it more. So I will. So I feel like if he goes into it with that attitude, season two is just going to suck. Like, I feel like it's going to be terrible. I'm calling it now. They're making a prequel um where the uh the young uh, games master is played by michael gandolfini there you go uh, <laughs> you know he he can pull it off right all right michael is not even michael. looking at us anymore michael. he doesn't even want our spoiler faces uh all right mike we've right. ranted we've ranted about the ending enough we're no longer talking spoilers all right, we, we spent a lot of time on that. But to be fair, it's probably the biggest newsworthy thing. It is. It, so. it, it really is. I'm sure we'll get clicks on that timestamp. Moving along here, I think we're in our, our, our last 10 here. Um, I'm going to make this one quick. This one's mine, unless y'all have caught it. Uh, it. It was on the top 10 for Netflix, I think, uh, in the last month, The Forgotten Battle. Have either of y'all seen The Forgotten Battle? Um, I don't know if it's English or if it's foreign. Uh, it might even be Dutch or anything. But this is a World War II film. It actually is a multi-storyline film. It, it, it involves um, a British soldier as well as a German soldier um, and, a, and a young uh, Dutch woman, I believe. I believe they're Dutch. Uh, it, it's a historical film about um, the German armies slowly retreating um out of these northern european countries and um 
it's really more of a, a, a story on, on warfare and the effects on, on, on people, uh, both civilian and soldiers. Um, and you really feel for all three of them, including the, the, the young German soldier. I don't think he's actually German. I think he's Dutch, but he joins the German army early in the war. Um, and, uh, and then he's kind of stuck in there. And then it, it's just an interesting film. And I'll just say this. If you like World War II films, you should, you should definitely watch it. Um, if you like war movies, you should definitely watch it. Um, it's not super gruesome. It's not like battlefield heavy, um, but it's a good urban warfare, you know, occupying army type things, you know, civilian populace, you know, another army trying to take it back and, and everything like that. So it's a, it's a good watch, um, especially from a non-American point of view. There are no Americans in the movie, no American soldiers, no American citizens. So I'm a fan of any historical context, uh, historical settings that Americans know about, but not told from an American's point of view. So um, for that reason alone, I think it's worth a watch. It's called The Forgotten Battle. I think it gave a six or a seven. Um, it, it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's on Netflix. So cool. That's it. Um, all right, moving right along. I got another one. This was another one, not as big as Squid Game, but I thought it was pretty big also. I got word of it, word of mouth. Uh, Midnight Mass on Netflix. Have either of y'all seen Midnight Mass? I have not seen it, but I've seen the buzz about it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, right? So it's from, I forget the gentleman's name, but the guy who has uh, made the Haunting on Hill House, Haunting uh, at Bly Manor, I think, which, um, you know, I watched Hill House. I thought it was really good. I don't like horror or anything like that. Holly watched them both. She liked them both. Um, this is his kind of third Netflix iteration, Midnight Mass. Um, this is not quite like those two. It really isn't. This one is less horror. It's more like mystical uh, human condition study type uh, drama. Um, you don't have the jump scares. You don't have, um, you know, the, the ghosts. You don't have the walking down the dark uh, hallway or anything like that. I was really surprised. It has elements that are a bit frightening at times, but it's much more suspenseful. It's much more of a mystery than it is any kind of a horror um, by far. Um, what I really think it is, it's a, if you don't know the setting, it's a small, I actually think it's like a Canadian island, but it's like a New England type setting way up there, way up there. Uh, it's, a, it's an isolated island. The only way in and out is by ferry. It's a tight knit community. There's a church there. It's actually a Catholic church um, where the priest is there and the priest goes off on a pilgrimage to the Middle East. Old, old priest. Um, and then uh, they, the community here word that he got sick. And so the diocese sends them a, a young priest to kind of take his spot until he gets better. And this young priest is, is kind of interesting. There's something about him. And so the first few episodes is kind of like you're trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Where's the mystery? You know, why are things happening? And then so miracles start to happen. Um, and then you kind of get the sense that the miracles aren't having happening by you know, quote the light side by a benevolent force, but probably more of a dark force. Um, and so it, that's kind of the mystery layered within that mystery. I really think it's a great ensemble piece where you're really talking about people and how they deal with grief, loss, guilt, and death. Uh, all at once, really. Uh, and some people are dealing with loss. Some are dealing with and grief. Some are dealing with guilt, some are dealing with how 
death is going to impact them and how they're going to face death. And it's actually really good. Uh, if, if you're looking for a horror film or a horror series, this is not it. So don't. Go, and I think Holly went in there thinking it was going to be another scary show and it's not. Um, but it's really uh, binge worthy, I think. I think it's really interesting. And I think I do think the ending really pays off, uh, which is something that I know we have, have had problems with this list so far as endings paying off. So if it at all sounds enticing, please watch the first few episodes. If you're not hooked, you probably won't be. So I'd say watch three. Um, but if you are, then I think well, at that point you're hooked. You don't need me to tell you what to do. So Midnight Mass, um, really cool series, I would say. So I looked up to the director and it was Mike Flanagan. And Flanagan it's that, yeah. That's the same person that did yep. all of them? Okay. Uh-huh. He's also done Ouija, I think. Okay. Or if I'm pronouncing it right, yeah. um, which I heard was a really good horror film. Um, so he's supposed to be one of the best, um, but this wasn't quite horror. So that's why I think Holly was a little caught off guard. I had seen a clip of this. Uh, I think it maybe made its way to TikTok or something. Madeline had was watching it and we were both confused as to what it was because, you know, they don't all say what it is. And, and it was just playing this long clip of, I guess it was the new priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, delivering a sermon and it it got really creepy and yeah. uh it, it intrigued us both the actor is hamish linklater and madeline said he looked familiar and we're figuring out what he's from i recognize him from the new adventures of old christine he was the the brother on that show and he is an agent in uh, legion the the X-Men show that's on FX. So if you've seen either of those, you'll, you'll be familiar with this actor. All right. Moving on here. Um, guys, I'm up again. I'm going to, I'm going to go fast here. I'm sure you have not seen Sobibor. S-O-B-I-B-O-R. Have you heard of Sobibor? I have, I have not. Maybe not. So this is a historical context. Sobibor was a constant, I'm sorry, it wasn't even a concentration camp. It was a, an extermination camp um, in Poland in World War II. Uh, and it's, it's famous because it's, it might be the only one, if not one of two, where there was a successful uh, revolt and escape by the prisoners there. Um, around three to 400 uh, Jewish prisoners did man- manage to escape um, the camp. I honestly think, I think what they said only around 50 ended up surviving the war. Um, but, uh, but they did, uh, escape. This is a Russian film. You can find it on Amazon prime for free. If you're a prime member, um, it, it gives off feelings that uh, no surprise here that you would think of when you watch Schindler's list. Um, I honestly think it is much harder to watch than Schindler's list. They do not pull any punches. This Russian company that made this film. Um, so <laughs> While I don't think you should go to film for a accurate portraying of uh, such an important historical event like the Holocaust, I do think uh, art forms like film can make you emotionally feel what you probably should be feeling more than a textbook um, or a nonfiction, uh, you know, a piece of writing. So for that point, I think it's an important watch. I would not watch it unless you're fully prepared to um, be both saddened, 
grief stricken, uh, uh, frustrated, um, and, and just, you know, pers- personally taken aback by what you see on the screen. Cause they do not pull any punches with, uh, the, of course, the atrocities that happened, uh, during the Holocaust. So, uh, it's a true story. It's a, it's a, a German extermination camp, uh, from, it, it was actually lost to history until about the seventies when they kind of found it again. Um, and people started researching what it was and they found, they, you know, found records and whatnot and everything. And so it was only discovered a couple decades after the war, but uh, there was a successful revolt led by some Jewish Russian soldiers who were also held, held there and they kind of helped orchestrate the, the escape. Um, so it, there was a movie in the eighties called escape from Sobibor, which I had seen years and years ago. Um, this is just kind of a more modern retelling. So, um, it's a difficult watch. Um, but if it's something you feel you're prepared to watch, uh, it's certainly worth it. If anything for, uh, to be reminded. So, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely sounds, uh, it sounds like a, a good watch. Um, I don't, uh, I, I don't think either of us are, uh, as prone to throw on the historical fiction, uh, or the historical stuff as you are. It's, it's historical uh, not, not, it's not fiction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I meant historical drama, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, this is, this is the part where we do the Holocaust denial of the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> I'm not no. a big fan of historical fiction. <laughs> historical myself. fiction. No, historical dramas. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it sounds, uh, it sounds interesting. Well, I was I was wondering if I should bring up this just reminds me of the Texas case where they were told they had to teach the the, oh, the opposite of the Holocaust. Oh, alternate, yeah, because they're alternate like, viewpoints of the you Holocaust. have to teach the other viewpoint. Yeah. It's no, ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to something um that I, I don't think it's equally as dark, but it might be. Mike, can you tell us about Star Trek Lower Decks? <laughs> <laughs> So this this show, uh, it's it's like the the Star Wars Legends, you know. I think mm-hmm. that it's canonical, but they do refer to so much that happens within the series, and so those layers and and they're referring to things that I don't know if timeline wise they should know about all these different things, but it's fun to hear them refer to maneuvers and events of the past that have happened in other shows and movies. Uh, I, I think it's super fun. I like the animation style. They keep it really nice and simple. There are a lot of uh, big actors on the list, and a lot of them are uh, are standard to like animation. Phil Lamar voices a character, and he plays Samurai Jack, among many other characters. Um, but... Tawny Newsom plays the one of the main characters, Ensign Beckett Mariner, and then Jack Quaid plays Ensign Brad Boimler. And uh, Jack Quaid is the star of The Boys, if you've seen that. And some of the the best episodes, my my favorites, uh, season one, episode three, Temporal Edict, was really funny, and it deals with what they called buffer time. And it was just kind of a, a funny thing from like a, an administration standpoint. So Cameron, you're a, you're a manager. So you might, uh, <laughs> you, you might, aren't you? I, Do you have anyone under you? 
I, I, I don't, I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've so, been a manager before, so I'll, I'll put my manager cap on. Okay. So you have certain, certain amounts of time that you expect a task to take and they, they have built in what's called buffer time and the administrators, a task takes X amount of time when really it doesn't take as much. So they have mm. some, some buffer time built in. And that gets spoiled. And so when the, the, the captain finds out, the crew gets run ragged and things mm-hmm. just start going awry. So that was really a fun episode. And then I really liked uh, season two, episode eight. And I'm not sure how to say it, but it's uh, I excretus or excretus. And basically they swap jobs. So the people in the the captain roles or the the upper level they take on the roles of the lower decks and they switch and get to see life from the other side you know it's interesting i i i did like the you can watch the first episode for free um on amazon what are you watching this on paramount paramount plus yeah paramount plus yeah so i did the you can watch the first episode for free i i liked it i really did i love the color the colors that they use i love how it's really um so it looks like an animated Star Trek show. It really does. And that's what I like about it. It looks like next generation via animation. And so I really like that. I, I like the characters. I like the young guy. I like his, his female companion over there. Um, I, I like that. It's very over the top Star Trek. Like, you know, if something happens, you know, the ship is like you said, being run ragged. It's like, it's like a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's kind of like a, a cartoon. It, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's a cartoon version of Star Trek. So everything is, you know, to the nth degree when it happens versus if it happened in a live action show. So um, hopefully when I can, when I do the 30 days of Paramount, I can get a little bit of Lower Decks involved. It goes by really fast. It's uh, I think 10, 10 episodes in the first season and maybe 10 in the second as well. So it, it goes by really quickly. There is a funny, the Packlids. So that, <laughs> do you remember them? Say that again, you went out. There's a funny plot involving the Packlids. I don't remember the Packlids. No. They're they're just they play them off to be dullards in the in the live action show. Like they're they're just they're not as intelligent as most of the other people they encounter hmm. in the galaxies. Okay. But they are gatherers of technologies. And so we get to see them much later as a as a culture oh yes i do remember these guys yeah yeah yeah. so they do some fun stuff with them okay cool i have not watched this but i think it's uh has been interesting to see um there's a strong contingent online who are not fans of discovery or picard um because they don't think it feels a lot like classic star trek Mm-hmm. And those people who don't like those shows love Lower Decks. Like they feel like it's just got so much Star Trek content packed in it that they're they're big fans. So I think for those who consider themselves diehards, I guess it, it just really speaks to them. I like all three, so I don't know what I would be categorized as. I, I prefer Orville over all three of them, honestly. Huh. Um, Orville I, I is think, good. I think Orville is more Star Trek-y than, certainly than I think, Picard and, and Discovery. Not that I don't like them, but for what they are. But I think Orville is actually doing 
what Star Trek originally was kind of doing. So right, I think Discovery is closer to J.J. Abrams' take on things. It's very cinematic, yeah, way yeah. action focused. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, here we go. Number six, um, Maya and the Three. I'm watching this on Netflix. This was released really close to uh, Dia de Muertos. Mm-hmm. And I think that was intentional on their part. Uh, I heard an interview with Jorge Gutierrez. He's the creator of the show. And he had talked about how seeing all these superhero movies, the MCU, everything is happening. He grew up hearing stories about all these uh, powerful beings and said, hey, you know, I've, I've got this in my culture. I've got all these awesome stories. And uh you know, maybe it, maybe it's time to tell them. So he assembled this plot starring uh, Maya, and it involves a lot of uh, uh, mythos. And some of the episodes play out like mythology that I'm familiar with from other other cultures. Funny things that happen. They're like, why would a character behave that way, or why would that thing occur? And I feel like it was very close to other stories that I've heard and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that sounds like mythology to me. Uh, I loved the characters, d- their designs so much, the armor. Um, just in general, there are a lot of uh, South American, uh, American that I've looked at uh, in art history and they're just gorgeous and i feel like there's a really strong component to them that has affected animation uh there's uh, the nazca culture nazca pottery is something that uh, i've looked at in the chicago museum and it looks like cartoon network now thousands of years later. So I feel like they did a good job looking at these things and figuring out how to put them into a contemporary animated show. It stars a lot of huge names. Uh, and I did not realize there was a, an Inye uh, in this actress's name until recently because it started showing up. So Zoe Saldana is her name. Didn't realize that's how it was pronounced, but good on them for actually putting the Inye in yeah, there. Yeah, I, think I, I think I have a draft for Zoe. I don't remember what. Yeah, I, she's definitely appeared yeah. in our show. I, I'm was, not sure. Oh, it was recasting Firefly. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's okay. right. Uh, it also stars Diego Luna, Alfred Molina, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Cheech Marin, Gabriel Iglesias, and uh, Gael Garcia, as well as many others. So just star-studded cast. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and I feel like the episodes go really quickly. Yeah. And no surprise, Queen Latifah in this also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I have not watched this, but my children have, and they enjoyed it. Uh, I was at work when they did, but, um, yeah, they said it was good. I, I didn't even know it existed. Um, Holly loves watching little animated stuff like this. So, um, all I heard know about it. Um, it looks cool. It really does. Like you said, that class, that, that cast is a knockout cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, anytime you can get Diego and Gael together, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm on board. Gutierrez plays the father, I believe, the the king of the Teca hmm. culture. So good for him actually voicing a role in his own show. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, here we go. Top five. These must be some good content stuff. Uh, one of y'all tell us about Lula Rich. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I came across this uh, through Madeline. She was watching it and I got sucked in. And it's a, a docuseries about Lula Rowe, which I had not, it was not on my radar at all. Are y'all familiar with it? No, uh, but Lula, the I, product LuLaRoe or the docu series. I mean, I'm familiar the, the with product, both, the product. I wasn't ball. familiar with the the product, and this is an MLM. It is. Uh-huh. Oh. It's, it's a very specific kind of like clothing line. Oh, uh-huh. I love I love documentaries about pyramid schemes and yeah. stuff. Yes, like that. Is, that, is that what this is? Yes. Yeah. This, oh. this one's nuts. I'm and all this for one, it, man. Exactly. Check it out. Uh, I it's on Amazon Prime, okay. and there. <laughs> Well, I love it's all interesting. The content itself is interesting because it is about a, a multi level marketing scheme. And the owners themselves uh, are in the series. They actually did interviews with them. And I feel like they must have agreed to it thinking that it was going to be spun in a positive light somehow. And then it just went a different direction and they were not ready for it. But there is an employee that they interview. I don't remember his name. But he is hilarious. And to me, he's the star of the whole thing. They, they go back to him multiple times. And I, I don't know how to even describe his just character. But uh, some of the things that he says are just cracking me up. Absolutely hilarious. Sadly, this company put thousands of women in debt. They got sucked into it and couldn't move the merch. And then the merch actually went down in quality too. Uh, interviewed designers for the patterns that they created and they talked about how they just uh copied and pasted and mixed and matched things that they already had to create new quote-unquote new uh products and the the couple that uh run the company man they they were not owning up to anything negative they had done some really strange things. They encouraged some of their top employees to get lap band surgery, which I just thought was beyond weird. And uh, I, they would go down and get treatments together. And I guess it's a part of their image. They're, they were very controlling. Yeah. So... Yeah, it, I just it got, it got dark and weird. I just asked my wife, I just sent her a text. I said, Have you heard of Lula Rowe? And she wrote back, Yeah, super effed up MLM. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I haven't watched a lot of the docuseries. Yeah. Um, Elena, I watched part of it. Her, she's in like, uh, you know, she has like a chat with friends and um, she's also in like true crime groups that also goes into like documentary stuff sometimes. And uh, so it, it was big in those circles. So she she had she like binged it immediately so she could uh, chat. So I saw a little bit in between while I was working. And it does seem like uh, not only is the story nuts, but like you said, they got a lot of access, which means there's a lot of information in the, the documentary. Mm-hmm. 
it, so LuLaRoe themselves have been uh, sued over 50 times. And we're talking about even states coming after Washington state filed a civil lawsuit against them for allegedly operating as an illegal pyramid scheme. And they settled with the state in February of 2021 for $4.75 million. Yeah. Well, there's the amount of the, the dollar figures that are thrown around involving mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and especially their big like conference that they host. Um, that's just like a huge party. Yes. So the character that I was talking about is so funny. I think they bring in Kelly Clarkson and he mm. liked her, but then <laughs> they brought her in to perform for this company. And so he actually has a bias against her now. <laughs> it's, it's really sad. They bring Kelly Clarkson for this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love, I love, uh, I love business documentaries. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, there's a good uh, series on Netflix called Dirty Money that's really interesting. They just kind of go after these different schemes and frauds and everything. And so mm-hmm. really interesting stuff. And of course, MLM stuff is just so, so amazing. There's got, Paul, is there coursework out there on MLMs? Is it, they got into that point where there's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, there are. Academic uh, papers out there. Yeah, I'm oh. sure there is. I, I should use some in my, I'm teaching organizations next semester. I should use some MLM <laughs> case studies. All uh, about the power of the pyramid, man. Yeah. That's, so Paul, as I was going to say, use the clip from the office. Because <laughs> Jim's like, uh, how's this work, Michael? And he goes to draw on the board. And then Jim just draws a big triangle around it. <laughs> I need to make a call. <laughs> <laughs> all right well awesome mike I, I really want to see that thanks for bringing that to my attention uh paul heard about it apparently my wife has already seen it i don't I, maybe i'm the old man maybe i'm the guy who's like i didn't see it in reader's digest so I you just gotta get on there. twitter man that's where i at least hear about things via twitter mm, i thought twitter's kind of on the down uh it's pretty it's gotta it, it's i mean it's always been smaller than the other ones but if you want like more the, the stuff that's the the most uh, it has what it has is a lot of journalists on it and journalists love to talk about the pop culture stuff that's real big with like the upper middle class so mm, if you okay. want to hear a lot about <laughs> okay. like white lotus and how great it is and stuff like that that most gotcha. people aren't talking about but uh our podcast tends to uh over index for <laughs> that's the place to go <laughs> okay all right number four here uh who's this i think you should leave that's me um, okay oh i thought you wanted me to leave cameron sorry i i, I did <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i'm just reading it now coincidentally there's another thing on here yeah i think you should leave uh, yeah i i think you should leave a sketch comedy show on netflix um the second season just dropped uh, i think a couple months ago and i had heard a lot of buzz about the first season i know a friend of the podcast jordan is a big fan um his halloween costume was i think you should leave uh based i saw some pictures of that so um it is uh so the the way it um and it's i'm trying to remember the let me look up uh the name of the star so it's all based around um one guy and it's so uh, every skit for me is um, most of them hit Tim Robinson. That's his name. It was Tim. So uh, almost all of the skits hit for me, 
but what he does is he takes like a good premise that you would see on maybe like an SNL skit. And he always takes it three or four more steps, more extreme. Um, and, uh, and some of them get so wacky that they just don't for me, like they don't hit, but so many of them are just some of the most hilarious sketches, um, that I, that I have seen. And they're, they're really great. Uh, I mean, uh, just as, just as like an example, right. Like there's one, um, where uh, uh, he's going on like a ghost tour, you know, like cities will do like ghost tours uh, where you go to like haunted areas and the ghost tour is like, is there, you know, there, do you have a question about the ghost that we just talked about in this area? Remember there's no stupid questions and he keeps asking these like really vulgar questions. And then the host is like, you can't ask that question. And he's like, but you said there were no stupid. And he gets like, he gets progressively more like a distraught because he's like, I just want to ask this question. You told me there was no stupid questions, but now you're getting mad at my question. I don't understand. <laughs> he like starts crying, but it's uh, like, it's, it's really funny. And um, they didn't, you know, season two, I think dropped pretty suddenly. They didn't, they, they were just like, Hey, it's coming out in the next couple of days and then dropped it. Um, and it is, uh, I I'd recommend it a lot. I'd heard about it. Um, I, I had for some reason had the impression that it was similar to, um, Nathan for you, which is another comedy sketch, but Nathan for you gets into, um, it's like someone interacting with like real people and being awkward around them. Right. And I just don't like that comedy. Like, I just feel too bad, I guess, for the, the people who aren't in on the joke. And so I thought that's what this was and it's not, it's just a sketch comedy show, but it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, lots of good, uh, sketch comedies. One of my favorites from season two is, uh, this group of guys who love sloppy steaks, which is they go to a restaurant, they order a steak and they pour a glass of water on the steak. And for some reason, the restaurant treats it like it's like a, like a crime. And they're just like, you can't be bringing the sloppy steaks in here. It's like, we're not going to do it. And then he pours the water on the steaks. They're like, get out of here. And they're trying to eat the steaks real fast after they've dumped water on them. This uh, is interesting. This sounds yeah. funny. This sounds this sounds, sounds good. Um, Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robinson. Yeah. Is, uh, is, a, is, a, is Ensign Fletcher in uh, the episode Terminal Provocations in Star Trek Lower Decks okay over there look at that crossover so uh yeah this sounds interesting i i know he's a a, a snl alum so uh i'm sure this is pretty good i'll give it a watch this is a good thing to just try uh, you have to buy into it you know it's easy to to sample out yeah it's got some it's got some snl people will forte is in an episode vanessa buyer is um fred willard's in an episode so it's got it's got a few big comedy names in there and um, a lot of the guys they bring in or a lot of the actors that make recurring appearances and skits are also really funny. So it's uh, hmm. yeah, I like it a lot. All right. Number three here. This is a big one. Have you all seen Dune? I, I yeah. haven't because I'm trying to get to the theaters. Same, Paul. Same. Okay. All right. I'm not going to spoil anything here. Um, I had to see Dune. I just had to see it, and I'm not getting to the theaters. I'm just not getting. I know I'm not. I was like, I got to see it. I will tell you this, Paul. Everybody was like, you got to see it in theaters. So I might still. Honestly, I might, 
I might I'm, still try to see it in the theaters, but I, I just I couldn't I couldn't bank on it. I really couldn't. Like honestly, uh, I'm trying to like maybe get down to Fayetteville to the IMAX. Oh uh, yeah, this they said see it on the biggest screen yeah. you can possibly see it on. They've got so. some late night showings, and I've just been like, like if I can get all of my kids to sleep and like settle, can I go <laughs> to like the 10 p.m. IMAX showing in Fayetteville? Yeah. I forgot that they had a screen that large yeah. down there. So that is that yeah. is. I was thinking Tulsa was the closest yeah. thing. So that's a good. I, point. I didn't remember. It might be new because I didn't remember them having one. And I looked it up, and it's the Razorback Malco and IMAX. Yeah, like, oh. they they put it in a few years ago, and okay. it's not the same scale as the the Tulsa one or ones in bigger yeah. cities, but it's yeah. bigger yeah. than a regular screen. Yeah. Well. uh well, first of all, have either of you read Dune? I haven't read it. I've watched okay. the... Uh, I've seen, seen the David Lynch one. You've yeah. seen the David Lynch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was in the same boat. Um, I watched this movie. I'm listening to the Dune audiobook now. I'm that into the universe. Um, this movie is amazing. I gave it a nine because I don't give a 10 on a first watch, mm-hmm. just as a rule. Um, at the very least uh Denis Villeneuve visually stunning like most of his stuff the sound mixing is really good it's a little bit too similar to like uh Blade Runner Mm -hmm. a little bit of a rival there so it's a little bit kind of like same bag of tricks but it really works it it really works regardless especially in, in isolation so it looks great I mean when I was done watching it I said, this is probably the visual equivalent of our generation's Lawrence of Arabia. It's just that stunning as like landscape uh, images of grand, vast images of, of, of stoic items and stoic objects. It's just really beautiful. Um, on top of that, the cast is great. The acting is great. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, no surprise there, really, really well. I mean, I enjoyed Oscar Isaacs, um, Josh Brolin. Uh, I'm trying, oh, you know who's really surprisingly good? Uh, Jason Momoa. Really good. Don't, really don't good. In Idaho. Yeah, really good. And then, uh, forgive me, the, I think the, the star was um, the mother, Jessica. What is her name? Um, I, I, I don't usually Google names, but I got to say her name. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, by far the, the best in the movie. Um, hmm. Really, really, really good. I think unlike the first one, you know, this one really takes its time trying to explain with visuals. You know, the first one, a lot of narration, um, a lot of intro narration by a narrator, not just a character. Um, and this one does a really good job of, of kind of pulling the same trick, but really telling the story with with the uh, images. Um, and it, it's just it's just really great. I, I'm really anxious to watch it again. Uh, I'm trying not to overbuild it because I don't want you guys to like go in saying it's amazing. It's not for everybody. I will say that it really isn't. Uh, but if you like Denis Villeneuve uh, and you like science fiction, I, I just really don't think you're going to walk out of there not enjoying it. You may not love it like I did but you're going to like it. I really just don't think there's any mm. way around it. So um, it's like a legit cultural hit. Like, I mean, financially, critically and like buzz on social media. Uh, and it's just so 
Like it was a, it was surprising to me how big of a hit it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, because not, not that I didn't think it was going to be well made, but like Blade Runner 2049 was also great mm-hmm. and was not any of those things. It, you know, it was critically acclaimed and got buzz among the fans who watched it, yeah. really enjoyed it, but was just not widely watched. And Dune is like, I don't know if it's just because of the pandemic and people are like, this is a big spectacle movie and they're into it mm-hmm. or what it is, but people are into Dune. Like it's like a legitimate huge hit, um, which I'm glad for uh, because he, he needs it. You know, he deserves a hit after what he, you know, what I, what you're saying he did for this movie and all of Villeneuve's previous work. Uh, you know, he deserves like a monster hit like this. Yeah. Um, and you know, they immediately greenlit part two, which is good because that's the only complaint I've heard is uh how suddenly it's just like, and that's the end of this part. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. So I didn't know this. Did y'all know it was a, a one uh a one part? I didn't mm-hmm. know that until I yeah. started watching it, and it says Dune Part One, and I was like, what? Uh-huh. And then sure enough, I'm kind of timing things because I remembered the rough story from the the Lynch version. And I was like, they're a bit behind the ball. This is definitely going to get broken up. Uh, and sure enough, that's that's what that's what happened. So uh, I'm super excited. I forgot to mention uh, Dave Bautista back again as kind of in a science fiction, playing the right role for him. Uh, and then also, I forget, what's his name? Skarsgård? I forget his first name. Stone? The old, is he the older one? Stone, not yeah. The, not the son. Yeah, he plays the uh, Harkonnen Baron. Mm. Oh, really, really good. The, the 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 costume design, or I guess the prosthetic design that they use, really, really good too. I mean, this is this is science fiction at its finest. It really is, um, and with a great director at the helm. So it's just really like a, a you know conversion of everything you want for a certain type of movie is happening with this movie. So again, not to overplay it. Um, don't go in there if you're looking for just a good popcorn film because that's that's not what it is. You have to really let yourself be pulled into the to the universe. But um, it's good, it's great. So nine, nine out of a couple ten. things I've heard. I I guess people were shocked at how little time screen time Zendaya got. Mm-hmm. Virtually none. Virtually mm-hmm. none. Um, I think and, she'll she'll be in part two a lot. She more, will be from my heavily in part yeah. two. Yeah. Okay, so that makes a lot more sense because she has been in all of the press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, "She's on screen seven minutes." Yeah. So and 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 like five of the minutes are like dream sequences. Like okay. They're, not, they're okay. not even real. She's it's it's just, it's just kind of like flash forward type stuff. And then the second was in regards to the sound. It they said it was. It's a very loud. I'm sorry, you cut out there. What was it? The the sound mixing. You, you said it was close to Blade Runner, but people have said that it's just very loud overall. Yeah, you know this. It's an interesting take because I watched it in my home, so I, okay. I, you know, I have control of the volume. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. That's a good question. I also I watch things with I watch things with subtitles now. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there, 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 that, that very well could be happening when you're not in control of volume and you don't have subtitles in case it gets too loud. You can't make out words. Um, mm-hmm. So that might be the case. That's something I need to consider when I, if I go see it in the theater because you know, I had full control over the, the volume, but uh, it, it was loud. Um, they give you this sense of because of the grand space, uh, 
the scenery has its own sound. It is never quiet, right? But you, mm-hmm. hey, you hear the wind of the desert. Oh. Uh, you, the, the, the vehicles, even the large ones that move very slow, and you know, these, these big bulky ships move almost at a snail's pace. They give off that, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, a, like a ship kind of docking or something. So there's always noise. Um, so I'm, I'm interested, now that you say that in a theater setting, is it too loud? Perhaps, perhaps. Okay. Now, in line with this being a huge sci-fi hit and something that's just taking a culture by storm, I saw a couple of different artists that I follow post today news from Taika Waititi that I am stoked about. So this past year, I read The Inkle, which is from Mobius and Jodorowsky, and I actually talked about it on the show. Uh-huh. Taika Waititi is going to make a movie for it. Huh. And I, I am so excited because if it's anything close to, to Ragnarok, it'll be very compelling. Hmm. Now, stylistically, Luc Besson, uh, I think is how you say his last name, but The Fifth Element uh, mm-hmm. was based on, on uh, Mobius characters, I believe. And so I'm hoping that they kind of bring those character designs back in and translate it to a screen in a similar way that Fifth Element did. Hmm. But but uh, look forward to that in the future. Okay. That might be a couple of years off. Okay, so maybe 30 bonus, bonus episodes from now, we'll be talking about that. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right, well, go see Dune. That's all I got to say. Um, here we go, last two. Um, uh, the Movies That Made Us, season three. Yes, so... We timed this one just right watching this. Uh, it was spooky now, how season. Could, how could you have watched this if you didn't watch Dune? It's on every season. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Dune, it, 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 you know, <laughs> it, it should be on every season. So this one, they featured heavily horror movies mm. and, and scarier things. And so it landed right around Halloween. Uh, and I'm not huge on gore, but watching this and seeing the behind the scenes and a lot of the the ways that they figured out how to rig things and shoot things to make them scary and interesting i am so much more into that and enjoyed seeing the behind the scenes so it's only six episodes for season three they start out with halloween then they go to friday the 13th nightmare on elm street Robocop, Aliens, and then a little out of left field here, Coming to America. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Halloween? Odd end series. Yeah, an odd ending to the series. But all seeing and learning about them around the season was a lot of fun. And probably one of my favorite things, they showed the initial rig for the the queen alien in uh, aliens and it was a couple guys strapped back to back on stilts operating a couple of different arms themselves with like trash bags around them it (laughs) it's amazing how effective it was in how simple the design was so i love practical effects like that I gave, I, I gave this a 
I gave it a 10 out of 10. I, I so can, go I go can, watch it. I can tell. If, if you're going to watch anything, don't skip Dune and watch season three of the movies that made us. Is the, the message here? I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen. I didn't even know there was a season two. I looked through season one and I was like, I kind of know what these movies are, and, and they're not. I'm not that gung ho about them. Um, so I need to go. I need to go check out. I didn't even see a season two out there to see what's uh, what's on that uh, episode list or whatnot. So, hmm. well, in 2020, and that might have been the season two. Uh, they released Nightmare Before Christmas and Elf. Gotcha. And that might okay. that might have been it. So just to kind of Christmas okay. related movies. This is more of a Halloween focus for this year. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. And number, that was last. Number one. one. Uh <laughs> is this you, Paul? Yeah. And and Michael, maybe. Michael, is this you too? <laughs> Do you have a movie left? I or, don't or think so. Okay. Well then, Paul, tell us about Cowboy Bebop. Right. I'm, I brought this up before that I have been rewatching it uh, for the first time in a while. It's been a bit since I've watched it. Um, so I included it on the list. I'm now about a third of the way through the one and only season of the anime. Um, and it's uh, as good or better than I remember. I'm sure I'm picking up stuff now that I, I didn't pick up um, as uh, I don't remember when exactly I watched it. It was probably high school when I watched it last. So I'm noticing things now that there's like each episode uh, musically is kind of like motifed around a different genre. Like there's a bluesy episode and there's a rock and roll kind of episode, like a classic rock theme kind of episode, um, uh, which is uh, really pairs to, uh, you know, usually they're interacting with like a new character every episode. And so the theme, the music themes to that character, and then stylistically, they change it a little bit to match the the whole theming of the episode. And so there's a lot of really cool vignettes and things um, and, and good poses. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's considered one of the best animes of all time. I think there's good reason for it. I won't go into too much more because I've talked about it before, but I will say uh, Netflix has the live action version coming out. Uh, initially, when I heard about it, I was very nervous. Um, you know, I mean, at worst, it would just be like, yeah, this is not good and I'll ignore it. So it's not like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, they're going to ruin my childhood love of this property. You know, you can just ignore the new stuff. But I'll say the more stuff they put out previewing it, the more I'm, I'm getting a little excited for the live action one, I feel like some of the decisions they're making, they're not just telling the story from the anime. They're telling just different stories with the characters in the universe. Um, some things people are worried about. Uh, John Cho is a lot older than Spike is in the anime. He's like 19 or something in the anime and, and John is in his late forties. Um, but they, uh, they address that like head on, right? Like they, he's like, I told them, are you sure I'm the guy to do this? I'm much older than the character in the show. And they said, you know, we've really thought this through. And for a lot of reasons, we think in live action, it works better if he's older. We're, you know, it's, we're, we're not going to try to act like you're, you know, in your, in your late teens or early twenties, you're going to be playing an older version of the character um, in the universe. And then they've put out some trailers uh, and it was really funny. One little thing they put out was a super stylized uh, short kind of film that's an action sequence. 
And the sequence starts out with the three main characters, Faye, Jet, and Spike. Um, and they're divided, right? So they each have their own box on the screen. And the little story tells by them kind of breaking the fourth wall and like grabbing the lines, dividing them. And then they'll yank the line and like pull everyone over to their box and talk to them. And then at one point, Spike grabs the, the dividing line on the screen and just pulls it out. And then he has a bow staff and then he fights with the bow staff. Uh, so it's clearly very hyper stylized to showcase the vibe they're going for in the show. But so many people in the comments clearly thought the entire show was just going to be that fourth wall breaky the entire time. And they were like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, how is this going to work for a full episode? And I'm like, they're clearly not going to do this for a full episode. Like, obviously <laughs> it would make no sense, but uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm getting excited for it. I think it'll be at best a, a pretty good show. I mean, I like John Cho. And so I, you know, I'm excited to see. Uh, and the, the people, the things people complain about, so far have, have just kind of been baseless complaints like Faye isn't dressed in her traditional costume uh, from the anime which is super skimpy like halter top which is like of course you can't have a live actress wear that and do action scenes it would it would be ridiculous mm -hmm. so uh you know I'm I'm uh sauce a little bit of the negativity at first and I think a lot of it's unfounded and it might be pretty good I saw that the the anime was added to Netflix. I had seen it on mm -hmm. Hulu recently. And so now if you've got Netflix, you're able to watch it without commercials. Yes. And so I've that's, switched. That's I, awesome. I started on Hulu and I've switched <laughs> to Netflix. Yeah. Um, and it's good. And it's one of the animes where the English uh, dub is actually considered pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people actually prefer the English dub to the, the Japanese original in for, for this one in particular. Um, I haven't huh. watched both to compare. I've only watched the English dub. Um, so I don't Me know too. if that's how true that is, but it's, it's good. It's not annoying. Like a lot of English dubs are. Yeah. I had no idea Spike was supposed to be that young. So yeah. I think that, it's like I, I, between like, I think there's like flashbacks where he's, he's like an older teenager and then the present day stuff, he's supposed to be like 23 or so. Okay. Um, and so it's, yeah, he's, he's supposed to be pretty young. Um, but it's, you know, they don't ever, they don't make a big point of his age. It never really comes up. I think that's okay. just sort of like standard anime main character age. And so that's what they made him. Interesting. I know we've talked about the show a little bit, um, both the animated and the upcoming live action. So, Paul is getting excited. It's here at the top of the list for a reason. Um, I, I do have to say Netflix uh, needs to stop asking me if I want to skip the intro because that's just offensive. You got to listen to Tank before oh, you get into the episode. That's true. Okay. Yeah, okay. that is absolutely. They should eliminate should that feature be for Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, just uh -huh. get rid of it. Yes. That's interesting. There's very few shows that I listen to the intro. Oh, me too. Um, I, I universally skip it, but uh, Tank is such a good song. Okay. Uh, I do listen to the Sopranos intro every time. I just think it's a great song. It gets me pumped up. But uh, other than that, I don't think there is one. The new Scooby-Doo series that Netflix has made that has a, uh, like an overarching plot. It's pretty they good. We watched it. Yeah, but they opted for uh, a weird, weird intro with no lyrics. And yeah, it's huh. not the classic. Yeah, it's so I, I'm kind of wondering if that's what they were thinking. Though people will skip this, so 
thought of it because it's just kind of creepy noises and then a little bit of music and then it goes into the show. All right. Hey, there's a late ad here um, of something that was... <laughs> You've been watching oh, no. while we've been recording. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, it's November, so I can't do it. Never mind. I'll add it to next next uh, next month. <laughs> so, um, all right, that's it. There's the 22 things we did uh, yeah. absorb in October. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch uh, three of them, I guess it's Cowboy Bebop, the movies that made a season three in <laughs> Dune. Um, and uh, watch all three of those and don't tell us you didn't love at, at least one of them. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, we don't have a pitch to go vote. Um, so I'll just say, uh, I'm assuming if you've listened this long, you're not a first time listener. So, uh, thanks to the, thanks to the regulars who have spent, uh, a little over two hours now. <laughs> um hey that's not uh, bad that's not bad for bonus content yeah no it's it's good this is um uh, and in return we've we've cut out this stuff from all the episodes so it's very skippable if you're not into it um uh so yeah i think uh that's good um but yeah if you if you want to be on november's content send us an email of what you watched and how it was and maybe we'll read it that's yeah. right. Email or the voicemail things working. So there's links uh, below uh, in the, in the description of this. You can click on that. You can leave us like a two minute voicemail. Just tell us um, what you thought uh, about you know a piece of content, and if we're talking about it, you know, leave the voicemail. Let us know you did, and then one of us will also watch it, and we can uh, we can play your thoughts live on the recording. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, uh, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any other administrative business we need to cover for, for bonus episode. I, I wanted to say that, uh, I forgot to mention our friend that is the chef that wanted to join us for the tailgate episode. He did send me a couple pics and I wanted to read those from him. So this is from Caleb. Uh, regarding the tailgating foods, but his uh, number one pick for tailgating food was the uh, classic buffalo wing with blue cheese and then uh, mixed nuts for snacking. Those were mm, those were nuts. the two big ones for tailgating foods. That would have been, I feel like he would have definitely had a different vibe than us. Uh, yeah. Mixed nuts. I mean, that's like a maybe like a road trip thing. Right. Yeah, like a bar food. I don't know. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Um, well, uh, I gotta say that that episode we're recording the day that's posted. So, listeners, you would have heard that uh, two weeks ago, but <laughs> I probably shouldn't have posted it because I think Mike's gonna wipe the floor with me on the vote on that one based on uh, the conversations I've been having. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, you've got Elena's vote. Uh, okay. by, a, by a wide margin. Interesting. <laughs> that wow. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think she, to get a listen. Yeah. She doesn't pull up on Spotify, so I don't know if she Ooh, actually is casting the vote. Looks like not. it's up to Cameron. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to make sure she does uh, this time. Yeah. Well, but, as far as a vote goes for this particular episode, I, I want to see listeners vote uh, which character we are from Only Murders. Do All it. Right. Let's put that up. I yeah. will. Uh, 
yeah, what I'll have to do, that'll have to be the Q&A because they'll have to assign each three of us. So there's an open response that you can leave as well. Um, so the open response question will have to be, which of us is Steve Martin? Which of us is Martin Short? Which of us is Selena Gomez? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could do like a a really long poll where it's like each different combination, but that would be a, a lot of options on the poll. I'm with um, you. Yeah. So yeah, so that'll be the Q and A, and then um, I don't know. I don't know. We may just not have a poll question um, for this. It don't uh, matter. Yeah. Did you like the ending of Squid Game? Yes or no? That's the poll question. That's a good poll question. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I can't contribute. So <laughs> not <laughs> yet anyway. 50-50 guess, Mike. <laughs> will will Mike watch Squid Game? That's a good question. Maybe 20, 30 years out of it. Yeah. When you like revert and by the time we're old men, you're suddenly like <laughs> some sort of like young, ready to go. Lives by the edge of your seat, rash decision making, uh, sorts. All right, I gotta go. I got a baby to probably make sure he's asleep. Yeah, I I have to record a lecture for class, so I also have to go. Just just post this. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to what's on draft. Thanks for tuning in. There you go.